I guess if you don't believe in miracles, look at the van. So yes, we believe in miracles. I would like to um, start my message on communion in Matthew 26. I really appreciate communion, and it's just a good reminder. I know we're reminded throughout the year, especially at Easter time and Christmas time, and and so on. We're we're reminded, but to realize as we take the cup of the significance of that and what that means to us as Christians. I think it's just a special blessing to do this. In Matthew 26, verse 26 to verse 30, he says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. He took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them and said, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in the kingdom, in, in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. <clears throat> so, basically, communion is an extension of the Passover. So I would like to go to Exodus and read some verses that explain why the Passover was, was started and why at the Jewish feast they used four cups. And I would like to share the, the meaning of the four cups and then relate that to us as Christians, how that relates to us. So Exodus 6, verse 6 to 7. Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm, with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of Egypt. So that's the four cups. Jesus says, or, um, God says, I will take you out. And so the first cup is drank early in the Passover feast of, I will bring you out. I will bring you out of Egypt. And the relation that I see in this is going now from the Old Testament to the New Testament Jesus says, I'm going to bring you out. Bring, you, bring us out of what? Let's go to 1 Peter, chapter, uh, 1 Peter 2, 9 to 12. <clears throat> and think about your life and where you're at. Has God brought you out? And we would say, yes, he has. 
First Peter 2, verse 9 to 12. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not our abstain which had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy dearly beloved i beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fresh fleshly lusts that war against your soul having your conscience having your conversation honest among the gentiles that whereas they speak against you as evildoers that ye may be by your good works which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of salvation. So Jesus has brought us out of darkness, and we maybe not fully understand, because in the past we lived our life, and we, we lived our life of pleasure, and, and we, to a point, kind of enjoyed it, but then we came to a point where we, we didn't, and then we accepted Christ. So, so God has brought us out of the um, brought us out of our of the world, you might say, and has brought us into where we're at today. And then the second one, the cup that He has given was the cup of a rid you out of bondage. So they would take that also at the meal, and. Think about, you know, so many people in the world think that we are in bondage being Christians, but I would say it's the other way around because in the past we were in bondage. You know, we were, sin had control of our lives and we couldn't, we couldn't change it. And we continue to go after the things of this world and yeah, it became, we became slaves to it. But Jesus said that I would like to, I don't know why my mouth's getting so dry this morning, but Jesus said I would like, I want to take you out of, of that bondage. I want to break that bondage, or God desired that for the Jews. I want to take that out. And now Jesus came, and also I want to rid you of the bondage of sin. I want to change your life. I want, you know, you had a life where your thoughts were this way. Now I'd like to change it to start thinking on me. The Jews call it the, the cup of sanctification, where it's taking us and then cleansing us. Not only did he take us out of bondage, but he then cleansed us and made us clean and made us pure. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, and I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest on your souls. So Jesus says, Come unto me, and I will give you rest. And we don't think of ourselves as burdened when we're not, when we're in sin, but yet we do. We are, and that's why we come to a point in our life where we just want to give up 
and accept Christ as our Savior because we're, we're not satisfied with the direction that we're going and being in bondage and so on. And I want to give you rest. And that rest is a, a, a rest, a peaceful rest, knowing that my sins are forgiven and knowing that I'm clean. And that is very restful. But I wonder, coming into this Christian life of ours, that we have, has Jesus really, or in our minds, are we really rid of bondage? I want to go to Galatians chapter 4. You know, I think, you know, in a Christian life, we give our life up over to Christ and we, we die to self and so on. But I think in our lives, we continue to struggle, struggle with the sins that we've committed in the past. And I would like to share a message on that next time on how we get out from under that bondage. Uh, Galatians 4, verse 3 to 4. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. So we were, were in bondage, and we understand that. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, and made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that they, we might receive the adoptions of sons. So God came, sent his Son to to rid us of this bondage, to be free. I want to go to Hebrews. There's a couple of verses in Hebrews that bring out a little bit of, uh, more about uh, what Christ has done for us. Hebrews 10, 9 to 10. Then he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first and the first was the Passover, which, is, which the Jews would have celebrated, and we continue to celebrate the Passover, but we don't look back to Egypt, but we look back to the world that we came out of. That he may establish the second by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. This is a cup that Jesus did not offer to the disciples or to, the, or to us. And that was the offering, the cup of suffering. And Jesus came and suffered, bore the pain, the, you know, took the price of sin upon himself for us. Then we had the third cup. And that's a cup that they would use after the service, after the meal. And that's the cup of redemption. And I'm going to go to 1 Peter chapter 1. And I think this is the cup that Jesus offered the disciples and says, take, drink, and drink all of it. 
This is my blood. Okay, 1 Peter 1, 18-19 says, Furthermore, uh, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things. So we weren't redeemed. Jesus did not buy us with gold or silver or whatever. From your vain conversations, received by tradition from the fathers. You know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the... Um, our heritage it wasn't our father's position it wasn't who we were but it's he did it for for even the, the most sinner of the world uh, let me finish this I lost it somewhere but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish without spot who barely was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. And then I want to read a verse over in Titus chapter 2, verse 14. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good work. So this is what Christ did for us. He came, shed his blood, for us to redeem us back to him the one who created us which seems crazy but he redeemed us back to him and we are a peculiar or a particular kind of person that God is loves and he's desiring for us to come back and to to live and be with him And that brings us to the fourth cup. And if you, in Exodus, if you'd read the last part of it, it says, and I will bring you to myself. So in other words, the fourth cup is when, um, you know, Jesus did all that for us so that we can go to live with him, to live in paradise and be with him forever. I want to go to John 14, verse 13. It brings that out. Says, and whosoever you shall ask in my whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Lord may, Father may be glorified. I have the wrong verse. Verse three. He says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And this is the cup of accepting and Jesus is going to accept you as you stand before the pearly gates and meet him in the air he's going to accept you as his child as his adopted son and daughter and I would say we have so much to be thankful for for what our what our lives has done what he has done for us so when we take of the cup, the bread and the cup, think of, a, of our lives, how he took us out of darkness into the, his light. He took us out of the bondage of sin and he redeemed us for himself and not only redeemed us, but he cleansed us and made us pure and holy that we can stand before him and not have any sin. 
in our lives, and then he will receive us to himself in the air. When Jesus took the cup of redemption, he said, drink all of it. I want to go to Corinthians and read that. 1 Corinthians 11, 20, 23 to 25. For I have received of the Lord that which... Okay, verse, verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which I have delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and says, Take eat, this is my body, which was, is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament, in my blood, that ye do as often as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. And as often ye eat this bread, drink this cup, ye do, do show the Lord's death till he come. And like I said, we need remind, reminders. And so as the cup is offered to you, Jesus told his disciples, drink all of it. Don't take a sip, but drink all of it. And think about, just thinking about that in all our lives, that's his desire, is to be fully, fully cleansed before him. That, that is my goal, to be pure and holy. That is my goal, to look at my life, and if there's any sin, that I want to take care of it because of who he is and what I'm striving for in my life. As I go through life, realizing the bondage that sin has on me and what its effect it had on me, I don't no longer want it to go there. It's because of my, because of this. This third cup. So drink all of it and remember just what the Lord has done for you in your life.